Yo, so we've been trying to figure out how to start out this podcast, but we... Kind of suck. Yeah. So, this is Keely. This is Kinley. And if you're listening right now, this is Spook Street. So, Spook Street is our new podcast, which is bringing you all things spooky, paranormal, true crime. We'll hit some urban legends and some... Stuff like that at some point. Um, so the first couple episodes, we're going to touch on some Indiana cases, which is our home state. Um, but episode numero uno, we are going to start with the ter- torture and murder of Sylvia Likens. And before we get into this, I want to give a big freaking major trigger warning as this is kind of brutal and Sylvia was 16, a child, underage. Um, So yeah, trigger warning. Kinley, you obviously can't get out of it, but if you need to, you can wait until next episode. But if not, your time is up. We're getting right into it. Okay, so Sylvia was an absolutely adorable 16-year-old girl who was placed in the care of a very sick-minded woman and her family. Um, And here, Kenley, take a look at this, is a picture of Sylvia. Tell me she isn't adorable. Cute little kid. She is. Yeah. Um... So her and her younger sister, Jenny, were placed in the care of um, Gertrude Banaszewski. (laughs) Um, We'll get into Gertrude later. Um, But a little bit backstory on Sylvia. She was born January 3rd, 1949 in Lebanon, Indiana, between Two sets of paternal twins, Daniel and Diana, who were two years older, so they were 18 at the time, At the time, and younger siblings, Benny Ray and Jenny Faye, who were a year younger, 15 at the time. Um, so, little Jenny, she suffered from polio when she was younger. Which caused her to limp due to one of Mm -hmm. her legs being weaker than the other. Mm -hmm. And she had to wear a brace. Um, Sylvia was known to be a good, protective older sister and look after Jenny. Um, She was also confident and always smiling. But due to an accident she had with one of her brothers when they were playing, um, one of her front teeth got knocked out. So when she smiled, she always smiled with her mouth closed. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, But other than that, she was really, she was confident. She was bubbly. Um, She loved music and Beatles, the Beatles were her favorite. Um, Sylvia and her siblings were born to Lester and Elizabeth Betty Likens. They, her parents, Mm -hmm. sold like concessions at carnivals that they traveled to around Indiana, the Indiana um, during the summer months. Yeah. 
So she had Carney parents and due to the Carney lifestyle, moved around a lot and they were having financial difficulties. The parents had separated, um, didn't give much information on the separation, why they separated, but Lester continued the working as the car- at the carnivals um, while Betty hung back and the Jenny and Sylvia lived with her while the boys helped at the carnival because mm-hmm. they said that carnival the carnival was no place for two young girls. Mm-hmm. Um. So Jenny, like I said, Jenny and Sylvia were living with their mother in 1965 when their mother was arrested for shoplifting. Mm. After Paula learned of this, which Paula is Gertrude's oldest daughter. Mm -hmm. After she learned of this, she offered to let the girls stay the night with her. And Lester ended up setting it up so his younger youngest daughters would stay with Gertrude Banaszewski, the mother of two of the girls that Jenny and Sylvia had went to school with at Arsenal Tech High School. I'm going to give you some basic information to help you better understand the Banaszewski family, but I don't really want to focus too much on them because this isn't so much about Gertrude, although she was awful. But I want to make sure that we focus on Sylvia and her story. Um, Gertrude Nadine Banaszewski was the the third of six children and mother of seven. Oh. Her oldest, yeah. Her oldest is Paula, who was 17 years old. Stephanie, 15 years old. John, 12 years old. Marie, 11 years old. Shirley, 10 years old, James, 8 years old, and Dennis Lee Wright Jr. was just a few months old. Dennis Lee Wright Jr. was um, a child from a different man, Mm -hmm. Um, but the most recent. So, A little more about Gertrude. She was underweight, depressed, and had asthma that wasn't helped at all by the fact that she chain smoked. Mm. She also didn't make very much money and did odd jobs, like ironing and stuff to make money. So the $20 to to take in the two girls really helped. The Banaszewski house was a poor one. There were were not enough beds for everyone to sleep on. They only had a hot plate to cook with, and there were only enough plates and utensils for three people in the family. For their meals, the family would have some toast for breakfast and some soup for dinner, skipping lunch. So, as Lester continued his travels and Betty joined shortly after, the girls continued going to school and went to church with the Banaszewskis. All was well until one of the Lycans' payments didn't come. Gertrude took Jenny and Sylvia to her room, laid them across her bed with their skirts 
and underwear pulled down and beat them, telling them that she had no, she had been taking care of them for no reason for the past two weeks. It's horrible. Could you imagine, you know, you, I mean, they're sisters. They're not much, right. not that far apart in age like us. You and your sister are being taken to her room and her making you pull down your skirts and underwear so she can beat you because your parents hadn't paid the $20. And guess what? The $20 came the next day. So the premature beating seemed to spur something in that evil lady because she didn't stop there. Or else we wouldn't be talking about this. Jenny and Sylvia had been caught trading bottles and change for change so they could buy candy. Sylvia explained this to Gertrude, but she accused them of stealing, then saying that Liv- Sylvia was lying. She beat her bare bottom with a rough, splintering, fraternity-style paddle. Like those big... Mm. Um, and... So much to where her bottom, her butt had scars and cuts. Um, so after a church function, Gertrude was disgusting, disgusted by the amount of food Sylvia had eaten. She was made to eat a hot dog packed with condiments until she vomited and had to eat the vomit. Um, she also, so, in a lot of the beatings, because Gertrude was so weak, she often made Paula take over, mm-hmm. which, at a point, Paula becomes one of the main attackers in Sylvia's story. Um, And the brunt of the abuse had been focused on Sylvia, especially after Gertrude overheard Sylvia mention that she let a boy touch her before. Gertrude was furious and said that since she let a boy touch her vagina, she was a prostitute. And I know the proper term is sex worker, but um, just stating what was said, the facts, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but she informed the household that Sylvia was a prostitute and pregnant. Sorry if you guys can hear my paper, paper rattling. She kicked her in the crotch, crotch multiple times um, and threw her from a chair when she tried to sit and said, you ain't fit to sit in chairs. Paula did. I don't know if I said that, Paula. Mm-hmm. Um, Gertrude continued calling Sylvia a prostitute and giving sermons on prostitution, the filth- the filthiness of prostitution and women in general. The day following this event, Sylvia and Jenny were accused were accused of telling classmates that Paula and Stephanie had sex with boys for money. You want to know the funny thing, though? What? Paula was pregnant. 
after an affair with a middle-aged married man. Paula was 17. And, you know, all this hypocritical stuff about Sylvia being a prostitute and being pregnant while her own daughter was was pregnant with a married man's child. It's just chaotic. I don't get it. But you won't. I don't get any of this case. Um, anyways, after hearing this rumor, Stephanie, which Stephanie is her 15-year-old daughter, Stephanie's boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, began regularly beating and practicing judo on Sylvia. You know, like throwing Mm -hmm. her over his shoulders and kicking her and stuff like that. Like, crazy. Um... Gertrude turned Sylvia's best friend, Anna Sisko, on her by saying she spread rumors. By saying that Sylvia spread rumors to boys about her mother, saying that um, her mother pays guys, um, or guys pay her mom for sex and stuff like that. Um. So she turned her best friend on her and encouraged Anna to fight Sylvia and the same soon happened with one of Paula's friends she told one of Paula's friends that Sylvia was spreading rumors to boys about her mom and encouraged her to fight Sylvia so while the girls were fighting Gertrude told Jenny Sylvia's little sister Mm -hmm. to hit her sister but she refused and refused and she refused until Gertrude started punching her in the face. So little Jenny hit her sister. But she said that she, when she was made to do this, she would use her left hand so she wouldn't hurt her as bad. Which oh, I couldn't imagine. So she encourages more of the neighborhood children, Gertrude does, to join in on the abuse and threatens and abuses Jenny if she tells anybody. So at this point, there are tens, twenties, kids coming to the house to, you know, beat up Sylvia, watch others beat up Sylvia. Um, the whole, pretty much the whole neighborhood kids are, mm-hmm. all the neighborhood kids are in on it. Gertrude, the Banishevsky kids, and neighborhood kids would put out lit cigarettes on her skin. They would hit her with hairspray cans, dishes, bottles. They would force her to lick soiled diapers clean. They would kick her in the genitals put rubbing salt on her wounds, and threw her down the stairs. Paula bragged um, once about hitting Sylvia so hard that she broke her wrist. Then she would use the cast to further beat Sylvia. Mm. Okay, so this part right here is awful. So one night, Gertrude gave Sylvia a empty Coke bottle, forced her to strip naked, 
in front of the boys, her um, kids, Mm -hmm. and I think maybe a couple of the neighborhood kids or something, and insert the bottle into her vagina. And said that it was to prove to Jenny what kind of girl you are. So there was a point where Sylvia was no longer allowed to attend school after she confessed to stealing a swimsuit for Jim. So, get this, this is, ugh. One night, Gertrude gave Sylvia an empty Coke bottle, forced her to strip naked in front of the boys, and insert the bottle into her vagina to prove to Jenny what kind of girl you are. It's disgusting. Um, Sylvia was no longer allowed to attend school after she confessed to stealing a swimsuit for Jim. For some reason, Gertrude switched from kicking her in the genitals um, and beating her for that to lecturing her about premarital sex. Stephanie reportedly jumped to Sylvia's defense on this, Mm -hmm. um, which Stephanie is the 15-year-old daughter. She's the um, Koi's girlfriend. Um, But, yeah, um, they obviously, they never mention anything. One, they're scared. Right. I mean, biggest reason, they're scared. They're living with this woman. Right, they don't know who's beating them. Who has seven kids. Right. The whole neighborhood against them. Right. So they never mentioned anything. Uh, They ran to their older sister, Diana, who, like I said, was 18 at this point. And they ran into her at the park and told her about the abuse. But Diana thought they were exaggerating because they wanted to live with her. Diana didn't know that they weren't living with their parents oh. at this point right now. They, she didn't know. She was married and out of the house. So, she didn't do anything because... Right, she didn't have any idea She thought it. they were just really acting out. Right. But, at another point, they ran into Diana again at that same park with Marie... Banshevsky, one of the younger daughters, uh-huh. and Sylvia was given a sandwich. Sylvia didn't say anything. I mean, I wouldn't either. Right. They, she was barely eating. I mean, they weren't given much food, toast in the morning, soup at night, and not all the time. I mean, they would torture her, beat her a lot, right. so... She wasn't always given food. Food, right. Um so her sister Diana gave her a sandwich and she was she didn't say anything about it, but Marie did. And Sylvia was accused of being gluttonous and she was choked and bludgeoned by Paula. Mm. Paula and Gertrude gave gave her a scolding bath to cleanse her sins. And when she fainted, repeat when she fainted, 
they repeatedly banged her head against the tub to revive her. Mm. And this happened on multiple occasions. Could you imagine taking a bath so hot that it freaking... You pass out from it? Yes. That you pass out and they they bang your head up against the tub to wake you up. I... I couldn't. Mm. So, there was a there was a point where Diana found out where they were living that they weren't she was they weren't living yeah. with their parents and tried to visit the girls at the Banishevsky house, but was forbidden from seeing them and told to leave the property. I would not, know something's up by then. Right. I'm not sure what I would do as a sis as. You know, right. as an older sister, but I wouldn't be having that. Right. Um, which, not putting any blame on Diana at all, right. but me personally, I would not be going with that. So, Michael John Monroe, he was a neighbor, reported reported seeing a girl with open swords across her body at the house and a welfare nurse visited but yeah i know it seems like nurse is gonna visit and all's going to be well and i mean obviously i said it's the torture and murder of sylvia so obviously not gertrude claimed that sylvia was a prostitute that refused to maintain her hygiene and was kicked out or ran away, one of the two. The nurse believed her and didn't think to look in the basement where she had been locked up, so she left. Mm. And at this point, poor Sylvia was staying in the basement because she was having accidents. I would assume... You know, the trauma, the mental, the emotional, the physical, kicking her in the crotch, like, would have some effects on her bladder, her Mm -hmm. kidney. So she was having accidents in the bed at night, and they made her, they locked her up in the basement, made her stay down there because she Mm -hmm. didn't have the right or whatever, to sleep in a bed. Which they didn't have beds for everybody. Mm-hmm. But still. Um, she was being starved, deprived of water, tied up nearly naked as she was tortured daily. Gertrude, with the help of her new, speculated, seduced, Boy toy, 14-year-old Ricky Hobbs. Gertrude's speculated 14-year-old boyfriend. Right. Which, apparently, um, the baby, Dennis Lee Wright Jr., apparently, when they were together, his dad was late 20s maybe Mm. mid 20s late 20s not much older than um paula herself 
So, it's probably safe to say Gertrude had a thing for younger boys. Yeah. And in Ricky Hobbs' case, boys. A kid? Right. Child. Child. So, Gertrude, with the help of Ricky Hobbs, would even charge neighborhood kids to see her nude and to torture her. Gertrude and John Jr., one of her sons, would occasionally make her clean up her messes and allow her to eat and drink her own urine and defecation. Mm. Would allow her to. She, I mean, at that point, she wasn't getting any other food. She didn't have any choice. I mean... She was starving. She was she was starving. Uh, but so there was a point where she was allowed to sleep upstairs and asked Jenny for water and quickly fell asleep after drinking it. But she had an accident in the bed. And as part of her punishment, she was stripped naked and the words I am a prostitute and proud of it were carved into her torso. Gertrude was only able to do a portion of it and then made Hobbs, Ricky Hobbs finish it. I couldn't imagine the pain and the humiliation. Like, not only did I have an accident, but you're punishing me by carving in my stomach that I'm a prostitute and I'm proud of it. Right. They even made jokes about how a man is never going to be able to look at her and not see that. Like, she's never going to be able to be with a man without him seeing that. So, not only did they carve that into her torso, but before they did that, she had, once again, given her an empty Coke bottle and forced her to masturbate in front of the neighborhood boys and her sons with the bottle. So, with all of that, I couldn't imagine the humiliation. Like, ugh. So, she was left in the room, gagged and naked. And this is when they were, you know, teasing her about it being carved into her. And they said that the S could stand for Sylvia or it could stand for slave. Um, But, I mean, in this case, Sylvia was pretty much their slave. Like, um, she continued being kicked and used for judo practice. For a period, um, in the middle of the night, Jenny snuck into the basement 
to visit her sister and Sylvia. You want to know what Sylvia told her? What? She said, I'm going to die. I can tell. Oh. I couldn't imagine hearing those words come from your lips. Like, yeah. couldn't imagine it. And Jenny had made a comment about, you know, throughout a lot of this, Sylvia didn't even cry. And she said that it was probably due to the fact that she was dehydrated. Mm -hmm. She wasn't getting much water. Some of the times when they were giving her water, it was actually urine. Yeah. So... So, shortly after the visit, Banishevsky went down to the basement and brought Sylvia upstairs and allowed her to sleep in one of the beds again um, until noon of the next day, October 23rd, when she woke her up and she gave her a warm bath. Not only could Sylvia tell that she was going to die, but so could Gertrude. Right. She wasn't doing this to be nice. She was doing this to kind of try to cover her own butt. Right. So, after letting her have a nice, warm, not scolding hot, she didn't pass out, bath. She and Paula dressed her and told her to write a letter and this is the letter. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Likens, I went with a gang of boys in the middle of the night and they said they would pay me if I would give them something. So I got in the car and they all got they what they all got what they wanted. And when they got finished, they beat me up and left sores on my face and all over my body. They also put on my stomach, I am a prostitute and proud of it. I have done just about everything I could do. To make Gertie mad. And cause Gertie. And cause Gertie more money than she's got. I tore up a new mattress and peed on it. I have also cost Gertie doctor bills that she can't pay. And made Gertie a nervous wreck and all her kids. So. She. Her intention. Was. To have her write that letter, mm-hmm. then to take her and dump her in the woods. Mm-hmm. Tell me if that makes sense to you. Like, so I was beat up and abused by a group of boys and. They dumped me in the woods. And yet you still have a letter. Right. She heard this. Sylvia heard this. And she ran out the front door. But she was weak. You know, she was emaciated, mutilated, beaten, bruised, you know, tired, exhausted. She must have been exhausted. She didn't make it very fast. Very far. She wasn't very fast running out the door. Mm-hmm. Gertrude was able to grab her as she reached the door and drag, drug her back in the house. She ended up um, 
making her some toast, Sylvia some toast, and attempted to make her eat it, but Sylvia couldn't swallow it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was too hard for her to swallow it. So she took a curtain rod down in the kitchen and beat Sylvia in the mouth with it. Then John took Sylvia into the basement, tied her up while Gertrude made a plate of crackers for Sylvia. She couldn't eat bread. I doubt she's going to be able to eat the crackers. Mm-hmm. Um, so she offered the crackers to Sylvia. You know what Sylvia said? Mm. Beat it to the dog. It's hungrier than I am. Mm. So Banaszewski punched Sylvia in the stomach before leaving the basement. On October 24th, she came to the basement and attempted to bludgeon her. She tried to hit her with a chair and missed. I Unless she was like trying to throw it. I don't know how you would. Or unless she like, but she was tied up. So I don't know. Um, she broke it against the wall. Tried to beat her over the head with a paddle. Um, and it hit her own face. And she gave herself a black eye. So to stop all this craziness, Koi stepped in to beat Sylvia with a broomstick until she fell unconscious. And over the course of that night and into the morning, October 25th, she was beat on the basement floor. So Gertrude voiced her intentions on taking Sylvia up to have her take a warm bath. And one source says that, you know, she hit her head too hard when they they accidentally slipped and um, dropped her and she hit her head too hard going on up the stairs. One source says that she, Gertrude, stomped her head. But either way, she had passed out. Gertrude had pretty much said that, you know, she's faking it. She's fine. So Stephanie and Ricky took Sylvia up to the bath and they found that she was not breathing. Stephanie took her out of the tub and started performing CPR, but she was already dead. Gertrude sent Ricky out to find a payphone and call the police because they didn't have a payphone in their home. And that's where everything took off. So Sylvia ultimately died October 26, 1965 of a brain hemorrhage, shock, and malnutrition after her the three months. This was only three months, but, I mean, to them, it probably seemed like a lifetime of torture, starvation, and she could barely move her limbs. Um, So, when the police came, Gertrude stuck with her story about Sylvia being out with the boys in the woods and that they beat her to death and carved 
I'm a prostitute and proud of it. And excuse me, into her body. Um, but while all this chaos was going on, Jenny was able to get close enough to a police officer and whisper, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. They were able to arrest Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Banaszewski, Richard Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard for the murder, along with some neighborhood kids, uh, Mike Monroe, Randy Leppard, Darlene McGuire, Judy Duke, her Sylvia's former best friend, Anna Sisko, and they were arrested for injury to person, but the minors would all blame Gertrude for being a part of Sylvia's death. Yeah. She, Gertrude, pled not guilty herself by reason of insanity, but, you know, she, it wasn't taken in. Like, right. she was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. And the only reason why she didn't get the death penalty was because her own own lawyer admitted that quote in my opinion she ought to go to the electric chair right her own lawyer said that paula who was pregnant and gave birth to her kid during the trial was convicted of second degree murder and also sentenced to life imprisonment ricky coy and john banaszewski were convicted of manslaughter and given 2 to 21 years in um but after just 2 years they were all three paroled which is crazy Gertrude spent 20 years behind bars um she was guilty And look at that picture. Tell me that's not the picture, the face of a guilty woman. Yeah. She's someone of my nightmares. Um, She was guilty by all means. Um, And the autopsy helped back that up. Backed up everything that Jenny said. uh, That she died slow and painful. Um. in 1971, both Gertrude and Paula were tr- retrialed, retried, and Gertrude again found guilty. Paula pled guilty to a lesser charge and was sentenced to 2 to 21 years, and she managed to escape and was recaptured. And after about 8 years behind bars, she was released. And she moved to Iowa, changed her name, and became a teacher's aide. She eventually, in 2012, was suspended, was, and when I say suspended, I mean fired, because someone tipped off the school district about who she really was. Um, And then, I don't know if they didn't do proper background checks or whatnot, but um, Gertrude, who got dubbed the name, the nickname Mom in prison, 
was granted parole for good behavior in December 4th, 1984. Despite a crowd of people picketing outside the prison to protest her being released. But... Um, she ended up dying years later of lung cancer, which Jenny wrote about it being good news that she died and that she's not, or that she is happy about it. Um, Jenny never blamed her parents for what happened. Um, she said that her mom's a good mom. And the only thing that they did wrong was trust Gertrude. Right. Which, I mean, parents make mistakes. Right. And they honestly thought that they could trust this woman. I mean, this woman had seven kids. Right. You would think that, you know, you could trust... Someone with that many kids. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You could trust another parent. Like, you would mm-hmm. you would think that. But, you know, it's not always True. that simple. Um, so, yeah, that's the horrific tale of Sylvia Likens' murder. And, yeah. Peace out. Not peace out yet. Oh. So, um, that was our first episode. Thank you for sticking around with us for that. Next week, Kinley is going to bring you a case. We hope to have it released on Wednesday. We were a little late on getting this one released, but... Um, yeah, Kinley's going to bring you the next one, and hopefully we're a little more lively on that one. Uh, we're a little tired. Kinley's nearly falling asleep during this one. So if you hear any snoring, that's her. Um, so yeah, we are working on getting our social media up. We have our instagram up right now so if you want to follow us you can follow us at spook street podcast we also have our email together so if you want to shoot us an email you can email us at spook street podcast at gmail.com um thank you again for listening i'm keely i'm kenley and see you (laughs) we need to work on that see you next street Next street. Jeez. See you (laughs) you next week on Spook Street.